Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Dr. Van Beek. Dr. Van Beek. Welcome to another noontime edition then, folks. If For those of you playing the at-home edition of the Apocalypse Podcast, uh, this is our last one before our big break. So we'll be uh, back in about five to six weeks' time after this. But um, but hey, we wanted to give you just a, an excellent chapter of Hebrews to, to leave you off with. Right, Larry? Yeah, I, I love this guy. I, I love this chapter because I love this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we're talking about uh, Hebrews 7, which obviously is going through Melchizedek, because I read it at the top of the page. Um, <laughs> and, and his priestly order. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are very well-prepared podcasters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And actually, Stephen, um, so, well, here, I'll jump in. So, so remember the author of Hebrews, his, the argument all the way through this is you need to continue on with Jesus. Hmm. It, and I really think that, um, and others have kind of said this, that these, these people are like Judaizers. They're, they're, they've been trying to maybe bring their Judaism hmm. back into their, into their newfound faith, which, which we said, you know, we all love our culture. We all love uh, where you come from is very, very important. Sure. Right? What, you, what you do is, is important. Um, I know that you have some Scottish background, Steve, yeah, yeah. and um, I, I know that the whole Scottish thing is actually quite important to you. It, mm-hmm. it feels good when you get around Scottish stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I, I kind of enjoy Dutch things, some, some Dutch stuff that remind me of my dad. Yeah. I, my dad used to say, um, uh, you know, you, it's good. You, you need a bicycle, he would say. Um, to get from one raisin to the other in Canadian raisin bread. You know? so, and, and I always thought that was some weird little thing my dad said. And then one day I was around some Dutch people, and one guy, one Dutch guy goes, Oh, you need a bicycle to get from one raisin to the other with this Canadian raisin bread. And I thought, holy cow, it's actually a Dutch thing. It's, it's not... That's fantastic. That's a fantastic saying, too. And it is. And it's true. Like, Dutch raisin bread is crammed with raisins and currants. And Canadian raisin bread just sucks rocks. It's not good at all. It's a a wave um, offering of raisins. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They they throw it on like it's flies landing on the bread. But but anyway, anyway, um, but for Jewish people, it's not just giving up a tradition. Like, Mm. um, my wife's family, my family at Christmas... You'd all wait for dad to come down, and you wouldn't open gifts till dad came down, had his coffee, and then you'd sit down. You'd open gifts one at a time, right? My my wife's family is just a free for all, right? And um, I hated it. I hated it at first, you know. And I wanted to get back to my traditions, you know, eating eggs with little spoons, and <laughs> and, and <laughs> we use these little phony little spoons to eat our eggs, and um, and those are our traditions. But those traditions are meaning. They're just they're just things that make us who we are. Yeah, they're very meaningful to us. Right. But the but the traditions that these Jewish people had came right out of their Bible. Hmm. So their traditions were more than traditions. They were their laws. They were the things that governed them. They were the way they lived. Mm-hmm. The priesthood and the sacrificial system, this was all part of the way they lived. And this author is trying to say, but when Jesus came, he changed this. Right. These things changed for you, and you've got to move on, mm, right? Mm, mm. And for us to go back to our traditions are going back to things that comfort us. For them, it's going back to things that were actually right and honest and true before God, okay. not only comfort, right? Yeah. So, so they were asking tremendous things of these people. 
Yeah. Yeah. And this, this author is trying to say, Jesus is able to take you to a different place because Jesus is better than all of this stuff you had before. And at first it was the angels in chapter one, and then later it was Moses and Joseph, um, and um, Moses, I'll say Moses, and um, who brought him into the promised land? Joshua, Moses Joshua. and Joshua. And now he's saying that Jesus is greater than the priesthood. And he's gonna go on and say, Jesus is greater than the sacrificial system too. But, but when he says Jesus is greater than the priesthood, he's got a little bit of a problem because he's gonna say, Jesus is the high priest, right? Mm. So what he does, uh, or she, um, what the author does is, is show that Jesus is not from the Levitical line, right? Yeah. But he is from a line that surpasses the Levitical line. And, and the author uses a crazy example um, of a priest named Melchizedek. And Melchizedek shows up once in Scripture. Right. And, and one more time in the Psalms. But in Scripture, in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham, or Abram at that time, yep. Abram is, is living outside, remember, and his nephew was living in Lot. Mm -hmm. Well, the, there's these four kings. So the king of Shinar, Elisar, Elam, and Go Goyim, mm -hmm. right? They, they attack the kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, um, Adma, Zeboim, and, and Bela, right? So it's these four kings. And they, they suppress these five kings, these five kingdoms, okay. these five city-states, right? Like the Greeks had, everybody yeah. had these, every city had its own king. It's like up here, every little town has its own MLA that <laughs> kind of looks after everything that goes on there. Well, it's the same thing there. So, so, the, so these guys, and then, and then Sodom and Gomorrah and their friends, they rebelled. Mm. And the other guys took them out, took them out, they beat them, um, and... They 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 took Lot, and his, so 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 somebody goes to Abraham. Lot Lot is I got to be careful because Hebrew says you know that righteous man was vexed in his soul. But everything I read about Lot, I think he's the useless nephew. That he <laughs> he's the kid that the only reason he works for the company is because yeah, well, my uncle's a CFO or CEO. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I worked with Ottawa once. I tried to get something from Ottawa, and they said, "If you keep bugging us, we're going to put you back, and and you're not going to get it for months." And I thought, man, it's like working with your nephew. You know, they're useless, and you can't fire them, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right? That's Ottawa to me, and um, and uh, and actually. You know, Trudeau, Trudeau is kind of like a nephew, he's, but, um, and useless for that. Oh, you can't say that. We're not saying that. We're not saying he's useless. <laughs> His whole party is kind of useless. Really. But um, anyway, um, so, so Lot gets taken, right? Yeah. And somebody comes and tells Abraham, and Abraham takes, you know, 350 or 360 of his own men, or, or over 300 anyway. He takes these 300 men. And uh, and goes and splits them up and divides them and defeats these these five kings. Mm. Um, com completely defeats them. Of course, you you, you got to think that God had something to do with that. Of yeah, course. exactly. And um, he gets Lot back and he brings back all of their junk. So he he collects all of the all of the plunder that they had taken. He collects it and brings it back. When he gets back, this person comes to see him, um, and it, and it's Melchizedek. Who is the king of righteousness? Um, Malach is 
is king and Zedek is righteous in Hebrew. Oh, okay, I get so, you. <laughs> so Melchizedek is the king of righteousness, and he's um, he, and he's also the king of Salem, which they think later is Jerusalem. And uh, Salem means peace, so he's the king of peace, and he was a priest. He was a priest to the Most High God. And so in those days, um, the Canaanites would have had many gods, and everybody had lots of gods. And this this priest served the Most High God, which we figure is the same one that Abraham served, or right. Abram. And he comes and gives Abram bread and wine, and Abram gives him a tenth of his stuff. Right. <laughs> and then the king of Sodom comes after and says, you know, thanks so much, Abram. Like, thanks for doing this for us. Thanks for defeating these guys. Um, take whatever you want of our stuff. And Abram says to him, I will not take any of your stuff. Um, just what my men earned, they can have what they earned, but I'm going to take nothing because I don't want anybody to think that you made me rich. Mm -hmm. It's God who makes me rich and not you, which is really cool. Yeah. And then in the very next chapter, God promises Abraham the son. Yeah. Abraham changes his name to Abraham, promises him the son. Mm. Gives, and Abraham actually says, like, what are you, you going to give me, God? Like, I've got everything except a child. So what is it you're going to give me? And God says, I'm going to give you a child. I mean, you're going to have descendants like, like the stars in the sky. You can't yeah. even count them. Yeah. Right? And uh, it comes after Abram um, takes this stuff from Melchizedek and makes that, that, that vow to uh, the king of Sodom. Cool. So this is the guy that the book of Hebrew picks. And, and Melchizedek isn't mentioned again until Psalms 110, where it talks about there's going to be a Messiah come in the order of Melchizedek. Right. There's, there's intertestamental um, um, literature or Second Temple Judaic literature. Um, uh, there's the uh, 11Q Melchizedek, which talks about Melchizedek. So there were, so you figure there was stuff about Melchizedek going on, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, later on, the Slavonic Enoch, Second Enoch, has a crazy story about Melchizedek being the, the son of Noah's brother, Nir, whose wife, they said they couldn't have children. She went off on her own. And got pregnant, and then um, and then when she found out, she died, and they came to to bury her, and the the child was sitting there talking to them. Um, that was still inside her. So I mean, it's a it's it's like come on, <laughs> you have to go that. It just it's nice to know that they had their um, their crazy people then, just like they do now, <laughs> yeah, and they still got on TV and they still wrote books, you know. <laughs> Yeah. They're ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they happen to be on Fox News as well. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But interesting that the Jewish writers were trying to explain this story too because they couldn't figure it out either, right? It, yeah. Um, Melchizedek is really important to these guys. Like, yeah. like, who is this guy? And so you figure there's all these stories going around. And that's what the author of Hebrew alludes to. Mm, mm. And now you can read seven, probably down to 10. Sounds good. Folks, chapter seven, starting at verse one. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, met Abram, Abraham, sorry, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned. You said that because the author actually makes a mistake. It's Abram that did come back. Yeah. It's Abraham later on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was kind of doing it in my mind. You're out. Yeah. Uh, and to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, 
He continues, a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils, and whose descendants of Levi who and those descendants of Levi who receive the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these are also descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham, and blessed them who had the prom- or blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Interesting way to put it. In this one case, ties are received by mortal man, but in the other case, it is by one whom it is by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives ties, paid ties through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Yeah. So there. So his whole the whole argument wraps around um, Levi because he was he was still not even born yet. He's you know he's he's uh, you know a, a, a ancestor, mm-hmm. um, and so and so because in in this culture the father is always greater than the son, right? And the grandfather is greater than the grandson, and all that kind of stuff. So, but, and his point is then, the point is, but, but this person blessed Abraham. So this person's greater than Abraham Mm. and Abraham by lineage is greater than Levi. Right. And so Levi and the entire priesthood is dependent upon Abraham. Right. And Abraham was blessed by Melchizedek. So Melchizedek is obviously the greater priest. Um, And in some of the literature, uh, it says that 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 in the end times, at the very end of time, Melchizedek is there again. Hmm. So they do talk about him living. Now look what the look what the author says. Though it says he is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembles the Son of God. So so we don't know who Melchizedek was, but some people think from this that Melchizedek was an angel. Hmm. Some think he was just a Canaanite priest who served the Most High God. Right. Which which would fit the you know the the story quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, some think that uh, that he was a pre-incarnate for pre-incarnate form of Christ. Okay. Right. Which I don't. I'm not a big person on pre-incarnate forms of Christ, so I don't see that. Yeah. But um, but some people like to see Jesus all through the Old Testament, so they 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 pop him around here and there in the in the Old Testament. <laughs> but I, I don't right. Like so. he's a, like on a felt board or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, you know, he's in the burning bush, and he's you yeah. know they'll, they'll throw him in different places in the Old Testament. Some think he's the Holy Spirit, mm. um, which is kind of weird too. For me, uh, because because the author says he didn't have father or mother, and most people will say. That's just a way of saying that that the line of Melchizedek goes on forever, right. and and there was all this kind of talk, but it also suggests to me that 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 um, the author of Hebrews could have seen Melchizedek as an angel, and I'm quite comfortable with that. So I would go with either angel or he was just um, a pagan priest of the Most High God, pagan as in you know Christianity hadn't come yet, so right. so he was he was just a priest of the Most High God that that Abraham. Um, sacrifice to but the point of the story is jesus is a priest in a priesthood that's greater than the levitical priesthood so don't go back to the levitical priesthood right the message is simple isn't it yeah 
the story is very cool. I yeah. mean, Melchizedek is very, very cool. Yeah. Um, verse 11. Yeah. Okay. Oops, sorry. Where did I go? Okay. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the, under it, the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, uh, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessity. It is ne sorry. It is ne there is necessity, or necessarily. Sorry, I'm having a tough time speaking today. A change in the law as well. For for <laughs> for the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our our Lord descended from Judah. In connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. It becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who became a priest, not on the basis of legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of, a, the, of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the, on the one hand, the former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope was in, is introduced through which we draw near to God. It was not without oath, for those who formerly became priests were made, with su made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Okay, let's stop there just for a second. You betcha. So that's a lot of reading to say one little thing. Jesus was like Melchizedek. And then the quote is from Psalm 110. You're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. So Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah was after the order of Melchizedek. And look what he says. He says, he says, when the priesthood changes, the legal requirements change as well. Right? Yeah. When there is a change in priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. And that's what he's trying to say. He said, it's different now, guys. It's different. Yeah. You, you no longer have to have to go through the whole rigmarole of becoming a Jew before you can marry a Jewish person because now we're Christians, mm. right? Right? Um, the, the, you know, they, the circumcision thing, they probably still go with it because, you know, they've been doing it all along. Right. You know, after you go through it, you kind of want everybody else to have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I had a five-hour Greek exam when I was in seminary, and I said, why is this exam five hours long? My teacher said, because my exam was five hours long. <laughs> you can do a five-hour exam. I said, man, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's yes. kind of... But, yes. but what he's saying is the laws changed. Yeah. Things have changed, right? Remember... This this sounds very Pauline to me, by the way. Yes. Um, you know, there's 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 Pauline overtones in this for sure. I can see why some of the older uh, commentators thought that Paul wrote this book. Mm. But but the point is, um, remember, Paul was arguing with Peter. We've gotta we've gotta accept the Gentiles. We can't disassociate ourselves from the Gentiles every time we get together. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, these are the kind of things that that the Jewish people want to do. Like I can, I can stand having these Gentiles be Christians, but I don't want to eat with them. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I don't want to trade in in wet goods with them. I don't care about dry goods, but I don't want them touching wet stuff. You know, <laughs> it's going to get out. They're going to get their hands on it. It's going to touch me. 
And you, you know that in later years, people felt the same way about Jewish people, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and people felt that way about, about Newfoundlanders for, for a time. Um, or you know, ch- churches in the south of the U.S., right? You know, there was black churches and white churches. And- I Yeah, yeah. Pentecostals, one of the big things they did is they accepted um, black people right away mm-hmm. and had all kinds of problems because of that right. with, with other groups. There was actually a school in the States that wouldn't take black students. <laughs> um, and I won't mention the school because I might be wrong, and maybe they did, and I was just told that. But, um, but it, and it was a Bible college. Like, it was... You know, it was, yeah. Um, it's sort of like um, my wife, uh, Lynn. Lynn was listening to N.T. Wright. She says, have you ever heard of N.T. Wright? That guy sounds really smart. I said, oh, yeah, I've heard of N.T. Wright. He's, he's, he's a very well-known scholar. She says, he says things in a simple way, but, he's, but he really knows his stuff. She says, he's got a British accent, which kind of makes me think he knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, said, I said, yeah. I said, um, when I went to school in the States, we had doctors there, people with doctorates, with Southern accents. And I could hardly, I could hardly accept what they were saying because they had Southern accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching an episode of Hee Haw, am I? <laughs> no, that's what it felt like. But, but if you got a British accent, man, yeah. you, you sound smart as all get it. Yeah, <laughs> so true. But that, so what he's saying here then is the law is changing. The law is changing. Please, you got to go forth. you got to move ahead with what's going on. Don't go back to what you had. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I wonder if, you kind of wonder if they reacted to that strong statement in 18, right? The former commandment set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. Yeah. It, Remember Paul said something like that about the law. It was just a teacher. It was just to show us, yeah. you know, our weakness and what we couldn't do so that, that the greater thing could come. Yeah, that would... And and you're talking to a people that grew up on this stuff, right? That were taught that this is the way they had to, and rightfully taught that this is the way they yeah. had to live. It's not like they were they were taught stupid stuff. This was everything was perfect before God. This is how you live, and all of a sudden, boom, yeah. we're going to change all that. Yeah, it it would have been so difficult. I don't think we could do it. No, no, you know, yeah. All right, verse twenty three, folks. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save the utmost or save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Mm, That's nice. Yeah. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, for first his own sins, and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Beautiful, beautiful finish, eh? Yeah. How can we go before God? We can go before God because Jesus made that possible. Yeah. And um, and other high priests and priests, they were just like us. They were they were sinners like us, but Jesus wasn't. Yeah. And and now he's going to go on and talk about this perfect sacrifice that Jesus made. Perfect high priest, perfect sacrifice, because his sacrifice was himself. Yeah. Therefore, we can go and stand before God. 
We shouldn't be able to do that. No. But we can. So. Hmm. What a beautiful place to leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. That'll hold us for six weeks. (laughs) 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 Oh, folks, what a way to end, uh, end off our time. Um, Like Larry said, the perfect high priest. You haven't done anything that he cannot atone for. Um, So, yeah, nothing more to add. We'll be back in six weeks time, like Larry said. Uh, And we'll we'll, obviously we'll start at Hebrews 8. We'll try to finish this off, but we'll, we'll start afresh and anew then. But until next time, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalypse Podcast.